Well, we're beginning a new series for the summer called Summer of Songs. And so many of you uh, sent in your favorite songs, and so that helped to inform uh, some of the songs that we would look at and ask God to speak to us from His Word uh, in that. And so today, we are, uh, our song is that song we just sang, Great Are You, Lord. And uh, we're going to be in Ezekiel 37. So songs really play a big part in our lives, in many part of our lives. Uh, songs uh, really are markers for, for a lot of things, aren't they? Songs help us express our hearts uh, on many levels. Maybe it's a, a song that helps us express our love. And so I, I, I uh, uh, am an amateur songwriter but I've, I've written probably uh, 10 to 20 songs in my life. And uh, so I knew that when I uh, was getting married to Allison, that I, I really wanted to be the, uh, I, it's kind of selfish, but it's just who I was. I wanted to be the only one to sing that day. And so I wrote a song for Allison uh, for our wedding. And so that <clears throat> song uh, expressed my heart to her, my love for her, and it told our story. And, uh, and so songs do that. They help tell stories. They help identify uh, our hearts and minds and, and, and help us express stuff that we can't just merely express in words or as good in words. And so uh, we have many of those things in our lives. A little audience participation. Are you okay with that? We've already got, I made you stand up and hold your hands up. So, I mean, we're good, right? We've already broken the ice. So, a little audience participation. What are some of the things that like, are markers for us, like songs? And it doesn't have to be a specific song, but like what types of songs? Where, where are songs particular markers for us? Anybody got a specific one? Something that a song is a marker for, yes. First date. Perfect, right? Yeah, great. Absolutely. And that draws your, you hear that song, and it draws your mind to that moment, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And anything else like that? Said, a birth? Okay, good. Yeah. Anybody have like those nursery rhymes in your head, right? Those those are markers, right? We we remember those. What else? Anything else? School? Yeah, like songs that you heard at school. Good. Thank you. Yeah. So anybody in here got a? You know, it's like your song. You know, you listen to it. And that's your you're like your your song. You you and your spouse. That's your song together. Anybody got got one of those? Yeah. All right. Nice. I'll have to talk to you later and see what it is. Okay. <laughs> but but even, even more particular, right, in our spiritual walk, there's songs, right? There's those moments and those songs that just draw us back, help us remember. For many of those, those are, you know, uh, hymns, and that might be hymns from the Red Back hymnals and all those kind of things, or it might be a newer song that you've heard recently. Regardless, songs help orient our lives in many ways. And they do that spiritually as well. And so we want to do that over this next summer series is highlight some of those songs that you've given us feedback on and help orient our hearts and our lives toward Christ. Help orient our hearts and our lives to eternal things, to the Lord. And who he is and what he wants us to see. Songs are also important to our faith. 
Uh, and there's so many good ones that stir up something in us. And just so you know, we are not going to get to all of them. So we'll have to do that again in another time, perhaps next summer. But that's what we need. We need our hearts oriented to the things that matter most. We need our hearts and our minds oriented to the Lord. No matter where you came into this room today or perhaps uh, online on Facebook or on our website, no matter, no matter how you entered it, no matter what we thought we needed, I will tell you what we truly need is the Lord. We need His presence. We need His empowerment. We need strength to face our days, to face the difficulties in our lives, things that we can't handle on our own. Struggles, diseases, loved ones with unanswered prayers, with unanswered questions, with under, how am I going to get through tomorrow? How am I going to get through next week? Many of us have entered in that room in this moment, and we feel that very deeply. And my prayer is that today we'll leave and realize what I need most is the Lord and His strength and His presence in my life. Look in your Bibles, if you will, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Here we see a very interesting story, and you may be familiar with it. We see a, a valley of dry bones that God sends Ezekiel into and has him do this, uh, uh, this amazing prophecy, and they, they come to life, and all this kind of happens. And, 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 and there's debate on whether, was this an actual thing that happened, or was this a vision that Ezekiel had? And I will say, you know, that people have good points on either side. It doesn't matter. We get into things that just don't matter. It doesn't matter if it was real or not. What matters is what behind it was. It, whether it was real or a vision, it was meant to be symbolic for something, and it's meant to be something that will speak to our hearts and our lives today. So, all that to say, we're going to read this, and don't worry if it's a vision or if it's actual. But let's see what's underneath it. What was, why was God showing Ezekiel this amazing demonstration, however he showed it to him? And that's what we need to dig down and understand. And I, I think it probably is a vision, just so if you're wondering where I'm at on it. But it doesn't matter. He envisioned the breath of God being breathed into these bones, into these skeletons, and them coming to life. They, they were a figurative, uh, they were figurative for Ezekiel, and, of, and they were figurative of Israel, and how far gone they were. They were dead. There was no life in them. And God breathed life into them and made them walk again. It was figurative for that, and it represented the death that Israel had ex experienced. That they were dead spiritually. They didn't even know God. And we've learned much of that from the book of Judges where, where the people of Israel, uh, uh, the roller coaster of, of their faithfulness or lack thereof with God. And I believe the principle that we can take from this passage today is 
how the breath of God can breathe life into us today. And we need it. We need God's breath of life in our own hearts and lives. Look with me, if you will. It's a short passage. Let's read it together. And if you're able, would you stand as we honor God's word today? The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out of, by his spirit and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were a great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. They've been dead a long time. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord God, only you know. Which is a good answer, don't you think? And he said to me, prophesy concerning these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I had been commanded, while I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the Lord God says, breathe, come from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, so they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. The breath entered them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. And then this is what God tells Ezekiel this was all about. Then he said to him, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished, and we are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This is what the Lord God says. I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land, and then you will know that I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> so what we see here is this vivid display helping Ezekiel to see what God wanted to do in his own people. And it helps us to see today what God wants to do in you and me. Do you think that God wants his church to be a dead church? Did you know that Every year, 8,000 churches close their doors. 8,000 Baptists, uh, 8,000 churches in the United States, 1,000 of them, of them are uh, Southern Baptist churches. Every year close their door. That's the, that's the statistic. That's a hard word to say. That's the statistic. There we go. That they close their door. Do you think God wants that? No, God wants his people to be a vibrant people, filled with him, filled with the life, teeming with life and joy and peace and the power and the presence of God. The problem is, is that for, for many of us, uh, for, for many Christians in our world today and for many churches, it's been a long time since they've experienced that. They've been dried bones, dried up bones, lacking and vo void of the life of 
that God has for us. What we see in this passage is that this vivid display of all these dry bones, a vast army of skeletons, God brought, uh, you know, in this vivid detail, brought them back to where they could stand up, but then they didn't have the breath. They didn't have life in them. And so what we see is that we need the breath of God in our lives because, number one, the breath of God fills us with life. The breath of God fills us with life. We need the breath of God because we need to live. We need life. We need vitality, right? Think about this. The imagery is clear throughout Scripture. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And what we see there is that it says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. It is the breath of God that brought life initially to man, but it is the breath of God that sustains life in mankind. It is the breath of God that sustains life in you and me. Take a moment and just breathe a deep breath. We breathe that breath today because God gives it to us. And it is His breath. Why do we do this? Why, why do we need this? It's clear. It says... Look at, look, look at verse 5 and 6. This is what the Lord God says to the, these bones. I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live. I will put tendons on you, make flesh grow on you, and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you. Why? So that you come to life, then you will know that I am the Lord. Friends, we need Life. We need the breath of God to know that He is Lord. That He controls all things. That He is above all things. That He is the giver of all things. That He is the giver of life. That He is great. That He gives life. He gives breath. He puts life into our bones. And so we need the breath of God because we need to know who God is. And we know that when we recognize we have His life. We have His breath. The second thing that we see here is that the breath of God fills us with hope. Look in verses 11 through 14. Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are cut off. What we see here is that the Israelites had no hope any longer. Because for too long they had placed their hope in themselves. They had placed their hope in other circumstances, in other people, in other lands. They had placed their hope in the wrong place. They needed the breath of God. They needed the life of God to receive and understand hope. And the same thing is true for you and me today. The reason churches are dying are not because they're uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and just no, nothing's happening. What's happening is that they've put other things before Jesus. 
religiosity, uh, church attendance, uh, you know, this list of rules. They, they put all these other things before Jesus and forgotten to lift high the name of Jesus and, and proclaim Jesus to a lost and dying world with, with, uh, with excitement and with, with bravery and with boldness. Many churches in, are dying today and, and are dried up bones because they've forgotten that uh, what mission we're on. They, they've decided, you know, the world's scary and let's just huddle up here in our holy huddle. I'm not saying all churches are like that. I'm just saying in, gen, in general, I have seen a lot of that. And let's just be among ourselves and we don't want to go and tell people the life-giving message of hope. Found where? In Christ. In Jesus. You see, we're, we're, we're filled with the breath of God and it gives us life. We're filled with the breath of God and it gives us hope because it points us to our greatest need and that is for Jesus to redeem us, to save us, and to breathe spiritual life into our bones, to breathe spiritual life into our, into our hearts, to go in and rearrange our hearts. Not just to pump new blood into our already existing hearts, but to go in completely, rip that thing out, and put a brand new heart in us, a, a heart of life, of vitality. That's what Jesus does in our lives, in our hearts. We are a people of hope. We are a people who need hope, and we are a people who proclaim hope to all the world. Real hope, friends, comes only and mostly from Jesus. Hope comes from the fulfillment of God's promises that we can know God is a faithful God because He's been so again and again so faithful. And the ultimate promise is in Jesus. Look what it says, continuing, verse 12. Therefore prophesy, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up for them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live. You will live, and I will settle you in your own land, and then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. And this is the declaration of the Lord. He's reminding them that he is faithful to do what he says he will do. And friends, Jesus did what God said he would do all along. Jesus came, died, and made a way for us to have forgiveness, redemption, life in him. He took on a cross to cover our sin, to take away our sin and put his righteousness in its place. Jesus died on the cross so you wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to receive the punishment of sin on your own heart and life. That's where hope comes from. We have the message of hope. And we need to go boldly and bravely and lovingly and kindly to anyone and let them know there is hope in Christ. I know it because I've experienced it. He's filled me up with it. The third thing that we see 
is that the breath of God fills us with God's Spirit. We, we saw that in verse 14. I will put my Spirit in you, and you will live. Friends, the Holy Spirit is in us. If we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells us fully in that moment. But Ephesians 5, 18 tells us that we should be continually being filled with the Spirit. We need to be renewed in that filling every day. It doesn't mean that He ever left. It just means that we need to be filled more. It's like a cup of water. It's already full. But if you submerge it in the ocean, it's really full, isn't it? And that's what we need, the Holy Spirit, to fill us, fill us fully, continually, again and again. And through the, through the Spirit, the power is readily available to us. And our ultimate gain is not to keep it for our own benefit. Our ultimate gain is not to uh, hoard it and keep it for ourselves. As the song says, it's your breath in our lungs and we praise you with it. You see, the Holy Spirit fills us for the, for the purpose of giving back praise to Him. The power of the Holy Spirit is in us and fills us so that we will give it back. We give back a pouring of praise to the one who filled us with his breath in the first place. In closing, we're going to do something a little bit different. And, and you're okay with that because we've already done it a few times, right? So I've already gotten you out of your comfort zone. We're ready ready for it we need the breath of God we need the presence of God in our lives we need to be filled with life with hope and with God's spirit so how do we receive that we must ask we must ask I'm not looking for something weird or strange. So if you're like thinking in this moment, you know, well, what's about to happen? I don't know. But if you believe what I believe from this passage, from God's word, that we need God's presence, his power, let's ask for him. Let's ask him to fill us with his breath. So in this moment, we're going to do that collectively to ask. In just a moment, we're going to do that. So that we'll walk out of here today able to say, God, we met with you today. You are there today. You are working. You are moving today. Friends, if you're here today or you're watching online and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we want you to do that as well. I plead with you, trust Jesus. He's worthy of it. He's the only place that we can find hope. He's, he is life and breath. He gives you hope. Call out to Him today. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to help you to trust in Him so that you can know Him as Lord and Savior. And I would love to walk with you through that. But don't think that's the only response in this moment. The response is for all of us. 
We came here today to, to experience God, to, to know Him, to understand Him more. And so may He speak to each and every one of our hearts. If you're here today and you want to trust Jesus Christ as Savior, come forward. I'd love to share with you, talk with you, help you to walk in that and understand that. I'd love that. It would be my greatest joy. If you're online and want to text the word ALIVE to 423-455-9458, that would be how we would initiate that conversation um, virtually, and I'd love to do that. But I pray that he would speak to every one of our hearts today. So take a moment of prayerful consideration just where you are. I encourage you to ask the Lord to reveal himself to you, to fill you with his breath, with his life, with his hope, and with his spirit today. But beyond that, you speak to the Lord. I can't tell you what to say. I can only give you ideas. You pray however the Lord leads you to pray. You do what God is leading you to do. And after there's a moment of silent prayer, we're going to sing that refrain that we sang before. It's your breath in our lungs. And we pour out our praise. So would you stand for just a moment in silence? And you pray to the Lord today, asking Him to work and move as He, as he desires in your own heart.